Hey everybody, welcome back to I've Got a Bad Feeling About This, uh, the best Star Wars podcast this side of the Mississippi. Maybe, I don't know, there's probably some pretty good West Coast. No, uh, no stand by it, you gotta say it and stand by it. No, but... I'll stand by it. We're the best Star Wars podcast this side of the Mississippi River, which I don't even think splits the United States, but I'm standing by it. Yep. Uh, we got some episode, just one, this week of Bad Batch to cover. It, this one was called Decommissioned. It was a sixth episode of the series, not the fifth. I kept calling it the fifth last week because the first and second episode in my head uh, were one episode because they came out the same day or the same week. But we have, uh, I mean, this was an interesting episode, I would say. I think we'd agree that this was definitely better than last week's um i know you weren't on the pod so if you have anything to say about last week's uh you can say it now you know how much i did like last week's episode i don't remember what happened and i know <laughs> I. it was with the rancor and the slave oh Hunter. actually it was an interesting episode it was interesting i didn't not like it you know it was a nice little change of pace and I feel like it really set the tone for what we could expect for the rest of the season. And obviously that was proven correct with this week's episode where they were kind of doing the same sort of thing. So, and and now that we have this week's episode, I think it contextualizes last week's, last week's episode. Again, folks, if you didn't listen to last week, I have Invisalign in now, so I sound a little different. I'm, I just, I can't hit my S's quite as well. But anyways, um... Last week, we had that episode that kind of shows that they're starting to take odd jobs. And I think that taking that into contextualization now with this episode, it makes last episode a little better because they're just trying to set that up. Um, but I still feel like last episode was kind of a sham because it did not advance the story very much. Uh, although I did not expect them to keep working with Sid, the uh, the, the woman who gave them jobs. So, uh, I will give a short recap for this episode. Basically, what happens here is... Uh, this is just to refresh everybody's memory. Basically, what happens here is... Um, Sid, the Trandoshan, gives uh, the Bad Batch another job. Basically, like a... You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I'll give you protection from the Empire. You run jobs for me. And she uh, assigns them to go find a tactical droid so she can uh, sell it off to the highest bidder because the Empire is now using clones. So, of course, a tactical droid with all the information about how to beat clones is a pretty hot commodity. So she sends uh, the Bad Batch and Omega, who is just a part of the Bad Batch now, to go to the factory. They figure out there's some other smugglers already there, and who else but the Martez twins from or sisters from uh, the season seven of the Clone Wars. Obviously, I don't have a huge opinion on them because uh, I didn't watch season seven yet. Or season, I don't, yeah, season seven. My bad, guys. Sorry, I'll get on it as soon as Bad Batch is done. Um, but basically, they're both looking for the, the tackle droid head and they both um, basically have to fight their way out of the droid factory because they're security droids and then they reprogram the battle droids and they escape. Uh, but the biggest part of this episode, in my point of view, is Wrecker kind of having that moment where he starts to slip into his inhibitor chip. Um, that was probably the largest part of it for me. 
uh yeah what was your favorite episode part of the episode omari i think that was probably my favorite part was that kind of tense moment yeah no i really felt like the build up to that because this is something they've been building up to with like the, i think the past two episodes or we've uh-huh. been signed with Riker, where we yeah. see him rubbing his head and stuff and you're like oh fuck what the hell's about to happen here uh i, I didn't say that but so when you finally like collapse and you hear him kind of like mumbling and stuff, I was like, Oh, is this the moment where the switch is going to flip right in this? Cause things were already going bad for them. So I'm not yeah. saying if this switch flips in Wrecker's head right now, this is really about to go bad for them. And he ate, he ate a couple blaster shots too. So yeah, I, I was actually up. I was pretty worried for him there. And as you guys know, my love for Wrecker has pretty much grown every week. Uh, so I was pretty worried for him. That wasn't looking too great. And um, I, I just, it was such a tense moment. And this show is strange. And uh, well, let's get into the first talking point here. This show is strange because it's it's blending comedy and dark themes. And, you know, you look at episode five with, the, with Moochie, the Rancor. And then you look at episode three where crosshair commits war crimes it's they're so different they're such different themes and i'm just wondering i mean like how much do you enjoy that kind of push and pull uh, of the themes because it feels like it feels like in the bad batch we are at the point where Filoni knows his formula. You know what I mean? And we've seen this formula before, especially in the Clone Wars, how we can balance, okay, the show's for kids, but it also tells a very compelling story with some grittiness to it. So I'm just wondering, I mean, like, do you enjoy that? I, I don't know if I do necessarily, but do you enjoy that kind of blending? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I was off topic kind of but i was watching the show lucifer the other day and there was so much comedy mixed with like a seriousness of it and i was like okay i can't watch this because i'm starting to realize i think i like the more like serious take on stuff like the final season of the clone war it was such a serious tone for like those last few episodes with right. everything going on and i really like i just loved it i loved it but you know i feel like that's just us as people where we're just not into that right now you know and like i don't mind okay. when the the story itself is serious and there's some moments of brevity you know what i mean like in falcon the winter soldier when they're hanging around fixing the boat while they're also planning to how they're going to beat uh the flag smashers um it's i'm i don't mind that but when your whole episode is centered around saving a baby rancor and, and that's how we're supposed to progress the story. You lose me a little bit when we heel turn into Wrecker almost going insane and killing his friends. Like it, it's just that that quick switch. I think we talked about this with uh, the Mandalorian as well. How certain things where it quickly switches at least plot elements. Um, it, it's a little jarring. So I think I'm I'm with you. Like. There's a way to blend it, but I don't know if they're achieving it because there might be too much silliness going on. And um, I feel like the thing about Star Wars is once that music starts playing, you know things are about to go down. Like once that score switches up, you know this things are about to go yeah. down. You're probably not going to switch again. 
Yeah, you're right. Like, especially this episode when they were kind of breaking in and it was just like kind of a spy thing and they were just doing like the really light strings. But the second they went to the intense music, the the foot was on the gas. Yeah, like as soon as those police droids showed up, things were going down. You're like, okay, it's picking up. Like, I like this. And then they had like a slight little banter with the uh, the twins, but that's the same banter that we saw with them when they first got introduced in the Clone Wars. So it wasn't really different for that. And they're a controversial, and I guess you can speak more of this than I can, but from what I understand, they're one of the most controversial characters Filoni has introduced because they're apparently, I don't know, again, I can't speak for it, but you can. Um, are they are they as annoying as everybody makes them out to be, or is that kind of like the same thing that they've done for every character that gets introduced? Mm, partially, yes, but partially just because, you know, Star Wars fans are like, there's two types of Star Wars fans. There's the Star Wars fans that like the Star Wars universe as it is, and ones like us who are like I like to see it expand at least. I know that. So you right. know, people will be getting annoyed with new characters who'll be kind of clashing with the old characters in a way and how they're set up. But in a show like this, I think new characters are always good. So I don't really see them as that annoying in that sort of fashion. You know, sometimes they were doing stuff, I'm like, bro, y'all could die. <laughs> bro, y'all could die. And y'all not Anakin Skywalker where you can just joke around the whole right. time. Y'all some regular folk. Y'all could die. Like, come on. And I think that's part of what, like, makes some of these newer characters really compelling, especially, like, Fennec Shand and, like, Grief Karga and, to an extent, Cara Dune and, like, just, I only say to an extent because we're not going to see her again, presumably, and uh, Din Djarin because they're vulnerable in a way that we haven't seen. And I think that's what a lot of people get frustrated with uh when the characters have these vulnerabilities but it's necessary to craft a good story i think you're right it's it, it's interesting to see the universe expand past these all-powerful jedi and you know maybe part of the martez twin storyline could have been handled better in season seven but i didn't mind them in this episode i thought they were fine it was an yeah. interesting move out of all the characters you could have brought back from clone wars it was interesting he chose them i mean he's the ones he didn't he introduce them in the clone wars anyway yeah, because if you think about it, the last characters introduced in the Clone Wars was them, and then uh, in the Bad Batch. That's so. fair. They do have that connection. They're both season seven original characters. Um, and I, I just, and that whole this whole discourse that like, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a thing here. Listen, a lot of times when new characters are introduced, they're scrutinized so heavily that they just get demolished. And, you know, uh, then the writers get really nervous using them again. I think that happened with Ahsoka. And God bless Dave Filoni for standing by her because now she's become, I think, yeah, I think you'd agree, probably one of the best Star Wars characters ever. Um, I think she, it's just, I think the reason why I like her so much is because she's had like the most development in my eyes compared to, like, if we're looking purely at screen time, she's had the most development over screen time than most of these other characters. Sure. And, (laughs) And that's, and that's like you can chalk that up to people standing by their characters. So when they create a character and the audience doesn't necessarily like them off the bat, you just you you got to find a way to make the audience like them. So like with Grogu, it's interesting, too, because like there is a contingency of people who do not like Grogu. Who think How? he's a baby. I mean, he does be eating frog mom's eggs. That's kind of nasty again. But like, other than that, frustrated me. but like there's a people, there's a segment of people who think he's just as bad as like Jar Jar. Cause he's just like, 
cute and made to sell toys or be goofy for the kids or whatever. But when a creator like John Favreau or Dave Filoni stands by their creation and continues to use them, that's when they start to blossom into a good character. So like the Martez twins, maybe their introduction wasn't that great, but to see them use in the Bad Batch and use somewhat effectively in the Bad Wat, Bad Batch. Bad Wat. Bad Wat. Bad Wat. It's kind of cool to me. Um, and that kind of brings me to my other point for uh, this episode. And I think we've talked about this quite a few times uh, in this podcast, but Omega, and I haven't heard a lot about you from Omega, and this is kind of why I want to bring it up. Like, I think she's really interesting and intriguing because in my mind, she separated herself from the pack of like new characters. You know what I mean? Like already I'm starting to see her develop as a character in a way that I think other characters have struggled. And we've talked about this pretty much each week of the podcast, but I just think she's such a great, she's a great idea to a humanize the bad batch a little bit. Cause in the season seven, they were just commandos basically. Um, but to kind of bring the ground them and have a grounding presence for them, I think is a really cool idea. And this episode, she's really starting to prove that she can run with them. Um, except for when she got stuck under a droid, but I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on her as like a character? Uh, no, she's definitely growing on me in a way. I definitely am starting to enjoy seeing her more and more in each episode. I think at first I was just kind of jarred by like how she, uh, brought more of a childish approach like you see like more of a, like a kid impact in the star wars universe we never really had like kid characters like that right like, Rogue's a kid, but like he don't talk yeah i see what you mean like so it's like she'd be like doing little kid stuff and it's just uh, interesting to like, see that with a serious show you know and i don't think we actually have a biological age for her because she really in reality could be like a year old because of how clones uh be but we don't know what she's like. She could be like 11, but like the way she acts, sometimes I think she's younger or older. It is pretty interesting. And uh, I don't want to waste much time on this because we have talked about it a million times. But in the recent episodes, her weird, like empathetical connections with people, um, it really tips the hat a bit. I don't think, I don't know if she's force sensitive, but I think there's something going on there with her mind. Uh, I like that, but I also think it's just because we're not used to seeing that from clones. That's also very true. That's a good point. It It's a well-constructed character for that reason as well. She really yeah. subverts what we think of clones, and I'm really happy with it too. And this is probably why I like her so much, because I, I don't know, in that clone episode we did two episodes or four episodes back, I talk about it's part of the reason I'm not a huge fan of the clones is because they're like emotionless, hyper violent, like faceless people. And then the Clone Wars does a lot to humanize them, but they still lack some of that empathy on the other side where they empathize for like the Jedi or empathize for the people they're fighting or empathize for like so on and so forth. But I think Omega does a really good job of doing that. She like holds empathy for people she meets. Like with Fennec Shand, she was like, oh, you're alone. Why don't you join us? And I just think that that's you're right. I think maybe that's why I like her, because no other clone really has had that before. But also, I feel like the reason why she's like that is because she is a kid. 
Mm. Like she's really like growing up with the ability to express emotions like that. Like the rest of the clones, when we saw the episode with Fives and Heavy and all those guys in 99, like you see how they're brought up. Like you see they're raised to be a certain way. Yeah. You know? And the only like the only time you really see them show emotions is when they're joking around with each other. Other than that, you see nothing from them. Yeah, it's all honor, duty, and service for them, like with the Jedi. So it's it is interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. She's not raised that way. So it's not I think it reveals a little bit that it's not necessarily the clone's nature to be emotionless, but they're nurtured into it by the uh, Kaminoans. Speaking of those long-necked bastards, I I 100% think they're the ones who are after Omega. I think it's obvious at this point. Uh, oh, I thought we were. I thought we already knew that. I was kind of on the fence. I was like, could be the Empire, could be uh, the Kaminoans, but I think it's pretty clear. Um, I want to know my biggest question mark still, and we can get into this at the very end for our speculation. Because uh, we have two big points of speculation, one that I forgot to talk about two weeks ago and last week, um, and one that was just revealed this week. But my biggest thing is I wonder what that next phase of the clone project is, because they're like, oh, we have the next phase, whatever. Jedi. You have the perfect warrior, and you just make them a Jedi. That is I'm thinking it could be either... Like, yeah, so at one point they did have those clones, or the 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 lightsaber uh, stormtroopers in the star Wars universe, like a long time back. And it, it, it wasn't a huge favorite thing, but we already know Filoni and Favreau like to pull shit out of nowhere. Like dark troopers was crazy that they did that. I feel like it's just like, that's the only, only thing that makes sense because you go from having the perfect soldier. Okay. Who's the one thing they can't really, even they can already kill Jedi's as we see. I mean, if they catch them by surprise, I guess. Right. But so it's like, what's the only like upgrade from having the perfect soldier is making the perfect soldier into a Jedi. And then when you can mass produce force sensitive people, you know, that's like, that's it. That's the, I feel like that's the peak of the Star Wars universe. And I mean, of course, that must lead us to what the Bad Batch, what they're going to, what their mark on Star Wars history is going to end up being. They're going to like shut down that program somehow, probably through getting rid of uh, Rampart. Dude, they're gonna um, cut it down just for it to be brought back in future Star Wars. This is just giving them back history. That's that's what they're trying to do. I mean, to be fair, that is kind of Star Wars. I mean, like they, if we're real, Star Wars has about six major plot points they can use, and they just keep using them. I'm not complaining. It works. It works. I I mean, hell, I'm still here watching it. I'm watching a show that I had no interest in, and now I'm like pretty engrossed in it. So like, they know how to get you. Um. Oh, sorry if I gross breathe in. Like the spit got stuck to my Invisalign. I'm really sorry. That was some like gross ASMR for you guys. Um, love that. Love that. Love that. So I, I just think the Bad Batch is interesting because we don't know what they contribute to the greater Star Wars history. And I will say right now, you might be like, not you, Omari, but you, Proverbial, might be like, well, you know, sometimes Star Wars, you don't need somebody who leaves a mark on Star Wars history. They can just be somebody who's playing in the space of Star Wars and making it on their own. We thought that's what the Mandalorian was going to be leading into it. And that was just completely false. <laughs> like, he's playing with the big boys now. Uh, Bo-Katan, Luke Skywalker. Uh, yeah, Ahsoka. 
he's playing with the big boys. So it's hard the, to introduce a character and not let them leave a mark on the Star Wars universe because people fall in love with said characters. I agree. And I think it's part of the formula that works. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is part of what Kevin Fahey contributed when they like consulted him. Like he's the master of a lot of different things of creating a universe that's marketable. And part of that marketability is you can pick out, Oh God, remember when Din Jaren, uh, uh, gave Luke the baby and then the baby grew on to do this. And like, that was Luke's or that was Din Jaren's contribution. Or do you remember when Din Jaren accidentally became the leader of Mandalore? It's like, the like the thing about Star Wars is to me, I'm cool with people leaving a mark in the Star Wars universe. I just don't want them to be a mark in the Skywalker saga. And I agree. And I think, I think, and f- fuck me if I'm wrong because it will piss me off and you'll hear about it if it happens. But I think the Bad Batch might be one of the first series we get, might be one of the first Star Wars things we get where they don't throw in a Skywalker for no reason. I'm fucking hoping. Like Star Wars is though, like you can always throw in a Skywalker and it kind of won't be for no reason. So people can't really get mad. They, I mean, like, yeah, like Luke served a purpose in the Mandalorian, but like, if you threw, if you threw Anakin into the bad batch, do we need to see them fight Darth Vader? Do we, we know what would happen. They'd lose or they'd run away somehow cleverly. So like, I don't know what Skywalker would fit here. I wouldn't be pissed at an Obi-Wan. I wouldn't be mad at anybody else. But I, th- I I agree with you that it gets kind of annoying when they're just like, here's a Skywalker. Now we're part of the Skywalker saga again. Um, which ended. So, whatever. But not really, because now we have but all these shows really. that are taking place during the Skywalker saga. But not, yeah, but not really, because we haven't gotten anything after Episode Nine, which would be really... Showing that they're done with the Skywalker saga. And maybe we will sometime. I've heard that Ray is going to get a TV show soon. I don't believe it, but whatever. Finn. I need Finn to get a TV show. Yeah, and Ray's busy being Spider-Woman. Let Daisy Ridley be Spider-Woman. Let her, let that be her new thing. <laughs> um, She deserves it. Oscar Isaac is already in the Marvel Universe. Let all these people leave behind the trilogy that they got duped on. And uh, give John Boyega a show because he was the one who got gypped the hardest. I think the Bad Batch will avoid the Skywalkers completely. I hope. But that's not to say it won't happen. The show's pacing is kind of interesting to me. Because we're six episodes in. We talked about this a little bit on episode three. But we're six episodes into a 15 or 16 episode series. So we're a quarter about of the way more than a quarter of the way through and i don't know if we've really moved anywhere see i feel like can we talk about how the episode ended yet or no yeah we can that's fine okay so now after bennett texted me earlier and he was like he thinks the the person that the twins were talking to at the end of the episode was either Kenobi or uh, Ahsoka. And before I thought they was a bad guy because just it's usually always a bad guy. But I think you're right. And the way I see this playing out now is they're going to be done with being on this planet with a uh, Sid, and then they're actually about to get drawn into the deeper rebellion now. Right. So yeah, and that was part of my other questions too. Is just like, 
it seems like they're a part of the rebellion because they have that whole thing where they're like oh we're working for somebody who's actively fighting the empire okay who's fighting the empire this time let's think the crime syndicates don't think she they're working for them because they kind of made it seem like they're working for good guys in my mind so probably not Maul. A lot of people wanted to put Maul out there. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I doubt that. Although we know how much Filoni loves him. Some people are saying Rex. But why was Rex wearing a giant cloak? Unless they're introducing a new Rex look, I guess. One of the more intriguing ones to me was uh, Bail Organa. Because he is somebody. Or Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm who they are actively fighting the empire from the get because they're a part of the council. So they're trying or the Senate, they're trying to, you know, do it politically. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them were in on the rebellion insurgency very early on. Um, And then uh, in my mind, I thought Ahsoka really made sense because she wears a white cloak and that's all we saw. And then, Obi-Wan would make sense as well, because I wonder if he's keeping tabs on the Bad Batch. The reason why I think it's Ahsoka is because she's the only one that we've seen so far to have a reason to care about clones. Right, with... um, To be like, okay, yeah, you guys still matter. Yeah, with Rex. So she's the only one that I've seen so far who would actually care. Like, yeah, Mothma or uh, Bay or Ghana and like those guys, like it's possible, but they have no reason to still care about clones. Yeah, that's a, and that's the that's the part that really complicated me or, or what complicated it for me is the line that they spoke. Though, oh, we've met up with some clones. We thought you might be interested or something like that. And that to me really throws me for a loop because who needs clones anymore? And I exactly. guess the only one like that would make sense to me is Ahsoka. Um, a lot of people are pitching Rex because obviously he has a pretty big reason to keep caring about clones. But then it's like the way they were talking about them earlier, it's like, oh, you're clones. And then um, what was it? They're like, we're different. And it's like, that's what they all say. So I feel like if they knew a clone who was like beat the chip, they would be more open to the Bad Batch than they were. Yeah, see, and, and that's another thing. I think the Rex thing is pretty shallow because we know Rex shows up. But what I think goes on is Rex works for them also whoever this person is. You know what I mean? Uh, but honestly, I, I don't know. I know I think it's a good person. It's a good, like, a, a hero rather than a villain. But I honestly couldn't tell you who it is. Um, my guesses are out there. Your guesses are out there. It's kind of up to the void. Uh, we'll see next week. I, I think Filoni does a really good fucking job at this particular niche thing where he's like, he sets up a character reveal and then you get it later and it's really satisfying. You know what I mean? Like we had, we were like, we got with Boba Fett. We had to wait a year, but we got him and that was like, they need to do it differently. I'm tired of seeing a hologram and then just being covered. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> I, I, I love like, the Star Wars shot that they do in the shows where it's like here's the here's the quarter half of their leg play with yeah, that yeah. fuckers do something else please like <laughs> i like it obviously but like come on we gotta switch it up at least change the color of the hologram or something like like why is every hologram blue i think it has to do with the crystals that project it 
Mm, mm, like mm. the tech it, it projects it blue because of how it looks like it, it needs to uh, I think that's the in-universe explanation but the in-universe explanation for a lot of things is kind of bullshit you know what they call jazz in Star Wars what I uh, don't know if I can say it on this podcast <laughs> they okay. they change the A to a different letter <laughs> it is the stupidest thing <laughs> Um, but yeah, that reveal will probably be satisfying. We'll probably have to wait. I don't know. I'd hope we just get it next week, but we know that they like to kind of jerk us around on reveals because we still don't have confirmation on who hired Fennec. And we also haven't seen Crosshair and the Alpha Squad or whatever the hell they're called since they were introduced. So it's interesting. Good soldiers follow orders. That kind of brings me to my next point. Two, not what you said, because what you said, I mean, that could just be like the tagline for the show. Um, how do we feel about all the planet hopping? Because we we have stayed on Ord Mantel for two episodes now, but they did go to Corellia, which was kind of cool because we haven't seen Corellia in person very often. Um, I mean, I feel like the Clone Wars as a whole was a show about planet hopping, but it's never with the same characters per se. So that's the difference because. Clone Wars is just about planet hopping during the war. You just go to different planets, seeing how the war is impacting the whole universe. It's all about right. just hopping around. But it's always with different characters. You're not really hopping from planets. You're hopping from story. But this is all just the same story on different planets. But I think it's cool. I don't I don't really necessarily mind it that much. You know, I don't... It's kind of makes sense to me. You're on the run. You're not really going to stay anywhere for too long. You're clones in a world where everyone thinks clones are working for the empire, like it makes sense for them to be planet hopping in the way that they are. Yeah. And I, I get it too, because they've got a lot of people after them and I, I much prefer planet hopping than like camping out on Tatooine for 12 episodes. So like, I'll take it. <laughs> um, especially because we're going to get well acquainted with Tatooine in about a year here with uh, Boba Fett and then Obi-Wan coming up right after it. Um, but oh, that was a weird um too. My mouth was doing all sort of fun things. Okay, we'll cut that part out because that was a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course I'll just forget to. So that's just out there now. Uh, I just I really think that the way this show is going is good, but I'm worried about the pace because I'm really worried that the last three episodes like will be oversaturated. Um. It, it gives me it gives me heartburn. So, I mean, really, I feel like this is the point where the series is about to get on track to where the rest of the show is going to be. At. Like, I feel like that uh, that whole call the twins had is going to be a setup for like where we're about to get introduced to the whole situation they're really going to be in with dealing with the the empire because they got to get back to Crosshair at some point, and Crosshair is working for the empire. The only way they're going to get back to dealing with that is if they're working with the rebellion in some way. Yeah, and I, I am, my only thing is, like, it it is bumming me out that I know that this one of them, or at least one of them is going to die. You know what I mean? Still better on Crosshair. I, I think Crosshair is a safe bet. I think Tex is a safe bet, or Echo, at least. They're not going to kill Echo for a th- second time? First? I think killing Echo for a second time would be nice because he'd finally get to be done. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I can see him saying some cheesy shit like, "Oh, I'm finally reunited with my brothers." Yeah, with heavy and nine or not ninety nine, uh, fives, and yeah. uh, droid bait and all those boys. I and, and listen, it would be the end to probably the most perfectly in my mind constructed story arc from Clone Wars, like letting Echo die in a heroic way that lets him be done would be the best ending in my opinion because all of them got killed in the most horrific ways. You know what I mean? Like heavy had to blow himself up so his friends could live. And then all of his friends died. He basically sacrificed himself for Anakin. Um, Damn. Star Wars is sad. For the and part. fives gets murdered by Fox. Like it, it just, all of them have died in such terrible ways in order to finish that really poignant story arc, I think giving Echo an exit is necessary. Because there's no way he reintegrates with normal life like Cut does. You know, he's too. Echo is too jacked up now. I think him dying would be fine. Um, Tech sucks. So I kind of just hope he dies. Um, sorry. Right. Need some redemption somewhere, please. Yeah. Like maybe it's one of those. Uh, Maybe it's one of those things where they're like, and here's my bold prediction. You had the crosshair one. Here's my bold tech death prediction. He's got to hack something. It takes too long, but uh, they, it's going to explode or some shit. Like it's going to take out all the enhanced clones that are going to be evil. Um, and he's like, Hunter says something like, uh, 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 tech, what's the survivability rate or something? And he's like, Hmm, 10, 3% if we all run out together. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, 100 if I stay behind. And he said, I thought, he says his kid, I thought it would be obvious. And then they all leave him and he blows up. And he saves the day and he dies. I think that'd be fine. I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that being a narrative. Because Fil- Filoni, as much as he's a good writer, he, he, he throws some really corny shit in there sometimes. And it works because it gets us every single time. But it is corny, and we kind of have to admit it. <laughs> I mean, hey, there's somebody out there crying. It, it ain't, it's not bad. Like, you look at The Mandalorian, you look at Clone Wars, and they tell good stories. They might be a little corny, but they, it still hits your heart in a certain way. Um, when Baby Yoda left, left Din, that was terrible. I felt bad. I wanted to go to bed afterwards. <laughs> I woke, I watched it in the morning, couldn't. I was like, "Well, oh, great." Maybe we can go to sleep. <laughs> um, that was one of those ones. I don't know, but anyways, it, uh, just I know the Bad Batch will have a gut punch. I think the trap is laid. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't see a situation where they don't all die. Like, I really hope we don't get Rogue One. I really hope we don't. Because it's just like, I feel like it's coming because you see Wrecker's already going down to his descent into madness. And the Hunter is pretty much written to kill himself for Omega. Like, yeah. I can like, would. And like, each of them has some sort of out to die. You know what I mean? Like, each of them has like a perfect death just waiting. And Echo so- can't be the last one alive. He can't. No, it'd be really sad if he would be fucked up if he was. But he also has to die too. 
So, yeah, I just like I said when we first started watching, I think it's just going to end with being just Omega. Yeah, I, I could see that. And I, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be mad. I know a lot of people would be mad about that because we'd have to explain where she goes from there. I mean, it looks like she might end up with the Rebellion in some sort of way. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind if she ended up back with Cut and his family. Or she could end up on uh, with uh, the clones. Not the clones. Kamino? Is that what they are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she could end up back there again. They could actually capture her and then, you know. You think we're going to get a bad ending? Not a bad ending, but just like Star Wars is not a, like a happy ending sort of thing, you know? Especially not Star at this. Yeah. Not Definitely not in this era right here when Empire first takes over. Like a lot of bad things happen right this time. That's true. So, you know, I think it would be really interesting if we saw, you know, everybody die, they get Omega, and it's just like, damn, like, what the fuck? Like, I want, I actually kind of want to see a bad, not a bad, but like, I kind of want to see a Star Wars story where, like, the villains win in a way. Like, I feel like that would be I mean, We've had that. I mean, Empire Strikes Back, they pretty categorically win. No, but I like, I want a long-haul show where you get even more invested. And you just want the ending. You should watch Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. Because that's what happens. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to watch it. It's just sad. I mean, like it, there there are like some victory. I don't know. That's not different podcast. Um, I just think that this whole this whole story is not going to end perfectly. Obviously, it's not set up to either. So if that's what you're expecting and you have this like idea that the Bad Batch is going to become some family at the end where it's just four dads taking care of Omega. No, I've got some bad news for you, <laughs> but I uh, I don't think a lot of people are expecting that. And I think this this is this is coursing to be a pretty tragic ending. So hold your seats, I guess. Oh, I think it's about that time where we... Bad Batch ratings, rankings, yeah. Oh, wait, well, we rate the episode. We didn't do that. Oh, yeah, let's rate the episode. I gave it a 7.5. Um, I would give it an 8. Highly enjoyable. So far, I think uh, episode 4 is still our highest with Fennec Shand in it. Um, Our lowest probably would change if you were there. Actually, probably not super change because Chuck and I gave pretty low ratings was last week's. Uh, and we'll do a season recap like we did for The Mandalorian. But it is uh, it is it is a fun show we're watching, I think. So let's get into the ratings. Omar, you can go first. OK, well, obviously, at the very bottom, I have tech worthless. Yeah, everybody else, it's, like, pretty interswitchable. I really enjoy everybody else. Like, Wrecker, in this episode, he really didn't do much. He was kind of knocked out for the most part. But, you know, it's really nice to see his, like, grit. Right. Really see what makes him Wrecker. And he popped and, off, too. He had that big pop-off where he jumped into the circle of droids and yeah. just fucking worked them. Like, for everybody else, we don't really get to see what makes them them. Right, I agree. Like, we really got to see what makes him Wrecker. You know, he got knocked out. He got shot. He got overwhelmed. But like he still got back up and he wasn't out there and he was being a wrecker. So yeah, wrecker's like second to last, but like that has nothing to do with how much I like his character. Echo, Echo's third, purely for the fact that he said, Is there an echo in here? He's like, Yes. That was holy shit. That was hilarious. Uh yeah, no. That was the best joke in a Star Wars I've watched for a long time. Yeah, then that uh second I got Omega, uh you know, slowly developing, slowly becoming less and less useless. So I like that. 
and then uh always hunter many badass scenes overall just was being badass the whole time so you know like uh when him and one of the martinez teams were working together he was just popping off shooting people and you know it's always just fun to watch hunter work yeah and hunter's interesting because in my mind his superpower is just like broken he just has extra sensory like ability not psychic ability so not extra sensory but he's just like he's good at everything which is just kind of the explanation and it's like okay cool so of course he's gonna be everybody's favorite but anyways um i put i kept crosshair on mine because uh i like him he's fallen quite a bit from number two so just because we haven't seen him but six will be tech because tech sucks uh he's useless and annoying he's and yeah quite frankly this episode he was useless because echo did all the tech work that being said my number five is echo uh just because he just i I still feel bad because he hasn't gotten the chance to do much yet um that scene where he's teaching omega to shoot is pretty good and the the echo joke was hilarious actually i I knew they were going to do it at some point, but that was very well done. Crosshair number four hasn't done anything. Wrecker number three. He is just Wrecker on the rise. He's just so charming now. I, I don't know what it is about him that they switched from the first two episodes, but he's really enjoyable now. And he's like, when he popped off, killed all those droids. I was like, hell yeah, Wrecker get in there, buddy. Um, Hell yeah! I really like him now. So of course, number two, that means Omega. I I really like this character. I think she's a really smartly written character, and I think she'll. I think she has an opportunity to become a staple character in Star Wars. I don't know what they'll use her in, but there's an opportunity. There. There's a chance. If she's like the last clone, I think she's pretty important. Then we got Hunter at number one because he's just invincible his plot armor so thick that he can shoot any droid with one bullet across the planet uh and i don't know he's just a better he's just i'm glad chuck's not here he's he's just a better rex whoa 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 let's calm down what differentiates the two so much i guess the time we've spent with rex makes him a little more like heavy whenever we see also, him. like compared to rex hunter's a bit of a dull character I just, like... well i just i don't know that's my issue with some of these clones i think they're all kind of dull like they just have the same personality uh, not really that's that's not true i'll take that back but like rex to me is one of the one of the more bland clones in my opinion all right, man. I really liked fives. I really liked fives. I was right there with everybody else. God, fives was just gut wrenching. That whole episode. I was fucked up. <laughs> I was fucked up. The whole thing, and then they take Echo back to fucking Kamina. Gut wrenching whole time. I'm just sitting like, there's no way. And then you never see Echo again until fucking season seven. It's jacked up. It is jacked up. Uh, Jesus, Filoni, lighten up a little bit. <laughs> All right, let's uh, last bit of speculation. What do you think 
the you okay so you already said the enhanced clones you think will be jedi clones i mean that's the only thing that makes sense to me so like you can't go much further with uh like i feel like you already have one of the strongest warriors in the universe like in the known star wars universe as you're like your base model right then it's like okay well what else can we do to improve him make him a jedi i think I think I disagree. I just don't know what they're doing. So yours option, your option is the best option right now. I think the only real thing this could end up leading into is the Dark Trooper program. Or not the Dark Trooper program, the uh, Death Trooper program. The ones from Rogue One. Uh, The super lanky clones in all black armor. I think they could be clones, maybe. But that doesn't really make sense to me. I, I don't... I mean, you can't find that many tall people to be all the same height, so it kind of does. I just, yeah, and they speak that weird language, and they're super regimented, and we've never seen one with their helmet off, so. I mean, they speak a weird language because they want people to have empathy towards them, like they, they something like that, you know, want people to be able to talk to, I don't know. That's actually correct. I mean, it's to scare people, and it's to uh, intimidate, because they're supposed to be just scary not inhuman or inhuman killing machines. So maybe those are clones. Who knows? I don't know. We have like 10 episodes left of this series. Probably when we hit episode 10, uh, we'll have some other things to talk about other than Bad Batch. We'll probably get some Visions news, and I'm guessing we'll get some Star Wars trailers, let's hope, coming soon. The Mandalorian Season 2 trailer didn't come out before, what, three weeks before the show came out? Uh, So I wouldn't hold your breath for a boba or mando but visions should have some stuff soon um then loki comes out soon for another podcast that's not this one yeah well maybe we'll revive the dead one that's just laying over there in its own blood in its own blood yeah just sitting there he's fine he's just (laughs) sitting there it's a little leg boo-boo he tripped on the stars (laughs) (sighs) nope Yeah, he's like, hey, I'm I'm here if you need me. Two people listened to our episodes for that one, so. And, and one of them was me, I think, actually, because I, uh, I went back to check my audio. So there you go. <laughs> Loki's going to be. Maybe when we have our flagship host on there, it'll blow up a little bit. All right. Um, hit us with that outro. And this has been another episode of everyone's favorite star wars podcast east of the mississippi west of the mississippi something like that i have a bad feeling about this we'll see you next time in a galaxy far far away yeah yeah something like that yeah that works all right cool bye